This is the Life After Cancer podcast. We are Shay's Warriors, a community of survivors and thrivers living to inspire, empower, and uplift women in life after cancer. True stories sparking hope through vulnerability. Facing the unknown together. together. Choosing to live life in color. We are recording a podcast today from the I Am Hope Retreat in Palm Springs, California. I'm Ellie Torger, and with me, joining me, is Aileen Alvarez. She's a board member for Shays Warriors, and also she's a lawyer and a survivor and now a warrior again. Wow. Yes. Welcome, Aileen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you here today to talk about your story. Uh, you overcame breast cancer. I did. And uh, then you were on the board. I think I was on the board at the same time. And yes. then and then uh, you had a little bit of a surprise. I did. Nobody wants to hear that because that's one of the things about being a survivor is that you're like, okay, it's not going to happen again. And then you go in and tell us your story. Yes. So uh, I had my first bout with breast cancer about 10, 11 years ago. Uh, I believe my dad was my um, angel uh, mm. basically, um, founded on father's day after he passed on my birthday. So it was all sort of very surreal and the universe telling me that he was always going to watch over me, uh, went through all the surgeries that you go through, went through chemotherapy, weeks and weeks of chemotherapy, and then was pretty much given the, you have no evidence of disease. So that was the best news ever. I went through years of the after cancer medication. Mm. And they tell you, uh, if you don't get a recurrence five, 10 years out, a lot of the time you don't have to worry about it again. Well, let me back up a second. How yeah. old were you when you first found out? 35. Okay. 35. 35. Yes. So this is a little bit of time after that. It is. Yeah. Um, and then I, uh, went through almost 10 years of no evidence of disease and just shy of that 10 year mark is when um, I found out it had recurred. And luckily for me, it was localized or regionalized, they say. So it was in the same area generally. Mm -hmm. So at least it hadn't metastasized to anywhere else in my body. Uh, but they still considered it stage four um, because of the metastasis. So it came back um, right before COVID really hit. And uh, there was a little bit of a waiting game trying to get in for surgery and a little bit of a, okay, let's kind of keep her on ice until we can kind of get in and hmm. to the hospital to do this because nobody at the time really knew what COVID really was or what we were dealing with. But you knew from dealing with breast cancer and all of the treatment you had gone through before that this was very important. So I'm yes. sure that you stayed on top of it. I, a lot of people didn't during yes, COVID. I did. I did very much so. Uh, I have a very good relationship with the oncological surgeon that uh, did my first surgery and then did my second surgery. Um, and I also have a very close relationship with my oncologist. In fact, uh, my oncologist that treated me after my first bout, um, went back to City of Hope in LA. So I followed him there. So I drive every month to City of Hope in Duarte. 
And so what's happening now? Where, where are you in the process? So in the process right now, um, I have just been getting scans. Um, they did think that they saw some stuff that was very questionable and suspicious in the lymph nodes. Uh, I've had test after test, um, sometimes bi-monthly, um, at least monthly. And um, given the COVID vaccine and all the potential complications um, in terms of imaging, mm-hmm. Um, they can now say that I'm stable at least. So I'll take that. It's mm-hmm. better than we saw something that we believe is cancer. Um, as so at the bottom line, they saw some stuff that they don't think is cancer, but they're going to continue to keep an eye on it. Wow. Yeah. So, so being a part of Shay's Warriors where the mission is to work through cancer with cancer survivors after you know, all the treatments been somewhat completed and you're just checking for what's happening next. And have you found that this is a helpful place to be and the people you're with? Absolutely. Um, even before this retreat, uh, there weren't very many people in my sphere or my circle that had gone through it at the age that I had gone through it. Um, and with babies at home or young kids at home, or even um, working through some of the things that you do as a woman, um, trying to do all the things that we do as women, and actually managing a diagnosis like cancer. So uh, this really has been such a huge outlet for me. Um, I think that um, there really is no other place that you can find like-minded women to really share your stories with and to really have them understand. So I've been very grateful to Shay's Warriors um, and the people associated with it. Wow. You have such a great story because you're not alone. And I think some people, they feel like they're alone in this, in the aftermath. And I, and I think I've read too, that it's, it's pretty traumatic on families and, and sometimes there's breakups involved and, you know, there's marriages that don't make it and, businesses that don't continue to work out and then there's the financial struggles and everything else like that and I think that could take a toll on you and uh, I'm thankful that Shay's Warriors can step in and kind of put an arm around you and and that's what this weekend's about right? It absolutely is in fact um, you know I I don't my my circles know my story I don't um, always advertise it I don't always say what's going on but you're absolutely right um, you really see the, the strength of your family. You really see the strength of your relationships and also the lack thereof sometimes. And you see the opposite. Um, and like you've said, things can sometimes fall apart. Um, it's not unusual. In fact, some of the research that I'd done shows like the, it's a staggering statistic, um, the amount of relationships that break up during cancer. Hmm. So, or even after, uh, and this retreat has really uh, illustrated to me that I'm not the only person. Um, I'm not the only one. And um, that for lack of a better term, it seems like there's comfort in numbers. Mm-hmm. But and it's not just um, it's not just me that there's there's a little bit of a sisterhood there. But I think that. Um, I think that that has been really comforting for me. And even, you know, the stories that we have in terms of our treatments and, 
you know, people showing up for us or people not showing up for us, all those sorts of things, um, there is a common thread for all of us women who have gone through this retreat so far. That's wonderful. And I think it's probably something that's going to carry on way after uh, the retreat and, and beyond. And we're talking about earlier, I was talking uh, and uh, was talking with um, Rosemary. And we just thought, you know, this is the first year of something like this. And the idea of bringing a group of women together to that have this common kind of this common thing and then to say, okay, so here's you know this is a real deal how how you doing what tools what tools do you have let me help you with some tools and let me pamper you and you know stay at like a really fine resort spa and and um and it's just very a very sweet thing to do and the foresight that Shay had for Shay's warriors to do this is I know it's I, I, I know she's moved mountains to do it and uh the board, you guys have worked really diligently to make this happen. So it's great to see it come to fruition. Thank you. Um, I will say that um, this has been a, a a weekend that has been long, long, long time coming. Um, we've been waiting for this weekend forever, especially you know after COVID and everything. But there, like you said, there is a common thread among all of us women. Um, but it was more than that with respect to the common thread it was as if okay we've gotten all past all the niceties so let's really get to the core of why we're all here which I think has been really special Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of the pretense there's not a lot of the um chit chat it's just all real women with real issues and real problems that we all kind of want to get past you were talking about you. You know, you don't. You haven't really shared this with everybody, but those in your circle. Do you think that being in an, a place like this or participating in something like this would inspire you to maybe tell others to share their stories, or you know, you would share maybe more with people after? I mean, the importance and the inspiration that you're getting here would that help you feel like you want to inspire others to share their stories? Absolutely. Um, and it, it, there's a special gift to being a little bit vulnerable. Um, and I've learned that here in terms of all of this. Um, and I think that there's one thing to take from the processing of everything is that there is a lot of healing to be done when you share. And if you can help somebody else, that's even better. It's like the icing on top. Mm -hmm. So I think this particular experience um, kind of be isolated with a lot of women who have the same sort of hopes, goals, uh, struggles, experiences. Um, You're not doing it by yourself. Right. And not only that, you're hoping that others will be able to join you. So I think that that is one thing that will really kind of resonate with me moving forward. So... Hopefully there'll be a space for all of it in the future. I love that. A space for all of it in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing, too, about something like creating out of nothing, mm. this retreat. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat to see the door open and to see what kind of movement takes place in the middle of all of it mm-hmm. instead of just thinking about it. And that inspires me to be more creative, you know, what you guys have accomplished. And, um, you know, it's just like 
it's like when you open your door and have someone in for dinner and you're just like, that was the best night. I didn't know those guys were so cool. And they're like, oh, this is really fun. It's like, if you don't, then you're never going to know. And if you don't create things in your life or you don't make space for other people and you're not vulnerable and you're not open, then you don't know what you're missing. But obviously you aren't missing very much. You're right in the middle of it. And that's probably been the most exciting part. Um, I remember when Shay started talking to me about wanting to do Shay's Warriors and a nonprofit and a after cancer, life after cancer retreat. And I remember talking to her and I thought, you know, like I don't recall anything like this out there. Mm-hmm. So yes, absolutely. I think it's fantastic. And the more and more we worked on it, it, it you recall, I'm sure it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot that we were doing and a lot that we were trying to put together. And, um, I just think that this is an exciting time because I think that conversations need to be had. And I think if the conversations are had, then perhaps maybe there wouldn't be so much fear of what you could be or what life could be like after cancer. I think if, if you just open up and communicate with others and then perhaps it couldn't be so bad for others when they are trying to move on past mm-hmm. everything. Right. And you're doing that so well. Thank well, you. Moving through it all Thank and you. making yourself available to others as a model person that's like, hey, you know, I just got about got that 10 year mark and like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it is, but I. Uh, there's there's a lot that has happened in the medical field for um, survivors to really still be very hopeful. This is not a death knell by any means. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know there's there's so much out there that you can still focus on to really still live life. You know, you're someone that that you're a survivor, but yet you know you had the surprise of something. You know, not not sure exactly. But what would you be your advice for navigating through for someone in the middle of that kind of uh, in between place? So I heard this saying recently. Um, once um, the first time was probably about a year ago, and the second time was within the last couple of weeks, and it was don't borrow trouble. And it. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't make trouble. something, uh, don't make something that it isn't. Yeah. My, 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 um, my dad would say, well, there were eight kids. My dad would say, what are you building? I'm like, I'm building, what am I building? Like, like you were building this thing, this idea, this concept, you're making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't borrow trouble. Don't borrow trouble. And for me, in terms of this journey, it really is uh, don't take on the anxiety if it's not meant for you. If it's not going to serve you, if it's not going to help you, then see it, acknowledge it, and then let it go away because it really is going to do damage to you, Um, not only for your mental psyche, but also I truly believe that there's a connection between what happens in your mind and what happens in your body. So if nothing is happening, and you are constantly thinking about the what if. What if it comes back? What if I get sick again? What if, you know, there's a thousand what ifs in your mind, especially, you know, after a cancer diagnosis, through the cancer treatment, 
and surprisingly for a lot of people, once you've been told, you have no evidence of disease. Because in the mind, you're thinking, well, great, that's great, but what if it comes back? Everything. But what if it doesn't? Mm. So it's that constant fear. And so why are you allowing, why are you borrowing that particular trouble in your mind? You have more control than, than letting those thoughts control you. Yes. So holding that like at the forefront of your mind is really important. I think even if you're just scrolling on your newsfeed, Mm -hmm. because it's like people say, well, did you read about this? Did you hear about that? And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to. Right. Guess what? It doesn't matter what I think because it's not going to change. Correct. Number one. Number two, I don't have room in my mind to think about that stuff. I'd rather think on these things. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really important when in anything. But, of course, especially in something like this where, you know, it's so it can become so internalized. Yes. And I think more internalization can really do more damage than good. So... Um, that is something that I was reminded of during this retreat and not holding space for things that just don't serve me anymore. So that, that, those have been a huge takeaway. That's huge for anybody, especially for you. Yeah. So, um, before I let you go, we're going to talk to a couple more folks and, and I don't know, maybe there'll be several podcasts. I'm not sure. Depending on how many people, um, what is something that you want to, you want to tell me? Is there anything else that you'd like to share? I just think, um, first and foremost, and it's kind of always been my thing since I um, was diagnosed the first time, is just feel your boobies. Just feel them. Um, You know, Shay always says, feel it on the first. So just make a habit of it. I I have to say, for me personally, early detection was huge. Uh, My doctors were telling me if I had waited even 30 days, I would have been at a completely different stage because it was so aggressive. So don't wait. Just feel them. If there's any concern whatsoever, be your own advocate. Go to your doctor. If they kind of brush you off, then go see somebody else until you feel comfortable with it being all okay. And if it's not okay, it will be because you can get through it. Right. Especially nowadays. I know when my mother was visiting me and I had small, a small child at home. I lived up in Crowley Lake, California, which oh. is right outside of Mammoth. And I mean, this beautiful view, this gorgeous home. And it was her first time to visit us. And it was, it was uh, Easter week. Mm. And I had just read an article about doing self-breast exams. And I told my mom, I go, you're doing those. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Well, it turns out, she didn't want to tell me, but it turns out that she had done um, that particular uh, breast exam and she had found a lump while she was visiting. I was thinking about what you said about your father. Oh, wow. I know. And so sometimes we have to remind people Mm -hmm. in our circles. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you sharing that. No, not at all. It's absolutely so true. That's always the first thing I tell people after they find out that I've been through cancer or that I'm still kind of going through. So feel your boobies. Feel your boobies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Gosh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I love your story and I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. This has been the Life After Cancer podcast. Visit us at chasewarriors.org.